I'm back. <laughs> oh, amen. Okay. Can I have you open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2? But uh, I was talking to somebody this week and they mentioned someone that was affecting their life in a not necessarily a great way. And I said, well, how old they are? And they go, they're really old. They're as, probably as old as you. And uh, so that made me think of, it uh, wasn't said quite that way, but that's the way I took it. Okay. But uh, uh, Jacob, 85, and Rebecca, age 79, were all excited about their decision to get married. They went for a stroll to discuss the wedding, and on the way home, they passed a drugstore. Jacob suggested they go in. Doing so, he addressed the man behind the counter, and he said, Are you the owner? And the pharmacist answered, Yes. Jacob asked him, Do you sell heart medication? Yes, of course we do. Jacob, how about medicine for circulation? Pharmacist, all kinds. Jacob, medicine for, medicine for rheumatism? And the pharmacist said, Definitely. Jacob said, Medicine for memory? And the pharmacist said, Yes, a very large variety. Jacob asked him, what about vitamins and sleeping pills? And the pharmacist said, absolutely. Jacob asked, what about sugar diabetes? We both have bad cases. And the pharmacist said, oh, but of course, you name it with that condition and we have the works. Jacob then asked him, he says, do you have loose bladder and gas pills? And the pharmacist said, yes, there are lots of those with plenty of generics. Jacob said, perfect. We'd like to register here for our wedding gifts. And if you're not old enough to think that that's funny, if the Lord tarries, you will be one day. No. <laughs> okay. First John, chapter two, just verses one and two, and it says, "My little children, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous." And he is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. The title of tonight's message is The Advocate. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17, and it says, Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. And if you don't know what immutability means, ask Pastor Kenny. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible, see it kind of defines it for you, impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for a refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into the, within the veil, whither the forerunner, forerunner is entered, for, the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He is our advocate. And the word advocate means one who pleads the cause for another. Sometimes it's in a court of law. Sometimes it can be for a friend or a loved one, a brother advocating for another. Um, I want you to understand, we have an advocate for our souls. 
Amen. Hoping tonight it encourages you as we look at that. Uh, I talked to Pastor Kenny next week. I'll probably be starting a, a, a series of messages, and I didn't want to start it tonight. Um, but I'll start a series of messages that I preached 15 years ago. Okay, but to, tonight I want you to think about him, that we have an advocate. We have someone who intercedes for us. I don't know about you, but I thank God that it's not just me having to come before God and say, can you please forgive me? Okay, because I don't know about you, but I spend a lot. I start my day saying, Lord, forgive me for where I fail you today. And when I finish up, many times I'm praying, Lord, forgive me where I have failed you today, where I made it about me and not about you, where I made it about something that wasn't important to you. And so I thank God that, you know, people are giving uh, unspoken prayer requests, you know, and that's because it tells us that the Holy Spirit will bring a prayer before the throne that cannot be uttered. And it goes there with perfect clarity and understanding. Okay, so I want you to turn to Job chapter 9, and we're just going to look at some ways that how he is our advocate and different things that it said about him. In Job chapter 9, verse 28, this is Job speaking, and he says, I am afraid of all my sorrows. I know that thou wilt not hold me innocent. If I be wicked, then why labor I in vain? If I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean. See, he's talking about someone trying to make themselves clean before God. Yet shalt thou plunge me into the ditch, and mine own clothes shall abhor me. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him, and that we should come together in judgment. Be very careful if you think you can stand before God the Father and bring accusations against him. It's one thing to say, why God? It's another thing to say, God, you are wrong. And people, unsaved people do that all the time. Backslidden Christians, they'll question that fact. And you need to know God is always good and God is always right. And in and of myself, I can't come before him in my own righteousness and expect to be able to plead anything with God. Okay? And he says, For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any, what? Daysmen betwixt us, that might lay his hand upon us both. It's an old English term, and it's the same as an advocate. It's the same as we're going to see the same term used in the Bible, okay, or a synonym for that is an interpreter of us who makes a ransom, a mediator, an intercessor, our surety that we can come before him. So neither is the daysman betwixt us. You know what Job's pleading for? He's pleading for what you and I have. He's seeking someone to go between him and a holy righteous, perfect, pure, sinless, infallible, and supremely intelligent, all-knowing God. Let him take his rod away from me, and let not his fear terrify me. Then would I speak and not fear him. But it is not so with me. You know what? Job is telling his three friends who made accusations against him. I can't come before God. I can't approach him. I'm afraid. 
He said, let him, you know, take his rod from me. What? You know what he thought? Job, was, he's held up in the Old Testament. He and Daniel is the most righteous men in all of Scripture, in all the world. And he's saying, I have no right to come before him, and his rod is heavy upon me, but I'm afraid to speak. I need a daysman. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Go to Job 33. Job chapter 33. Job 33, starting at verse 22, and it says, Yea, his soul draweth near unto the grave, and his life to destroyers, the destroyers. If there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, one amongst a thousand, to show unto man his uprightness, then he is gracious unto him, and shall saith, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a what? A ransom. Do you understand when you come before God, you can't bring forth prayers, you won't utter them? Okay, they're unspoken prayer requests. You have an interpreter. When you do that, you know what you're doing. You're speaking in a heavenly language that's been perfectly translated before the throne. So that God knows what's needed. With that thought, Isaiah 53, it's one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, and it's a prophetic utterance about the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verses 10 and 11. Our interpreter. When you don't know how to pray as ye ought, there's one who brings your prayers before the throne room. It said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. To bruise who? See, this is talking in past tense, but it's a prophecy about Jesus Christ. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. You know the thou of verse 10? I want you to think about it in just a little different light here. You know what that is? That's you when you're willing to accept him as the offering. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. I want you to know he's my interpreter. He's your interpreter. You ever tried to deal with somebody who speaks in a totally different language? You know, I, I've had someone ask me um, if I know sp Spanish, and I'm going, Oof. you know what I'm saying? They had to teach me a phrase when I went on a missions trip to Mexico. I was in Bible school, and they taught me this phrase, and they said, and I had to say, because I was just like going to India, going to Mexico. I'm a big freak, okay? They, they're not normally that tall. 
And so they would send me out with somebody who could actually speak Spanish. They would interpret what I was trying to say. But they'd come up and they'd want to shake my hand and they'd go, oh, muy grande, grande, gringo. You know, I'm gr- gr- muy grande, 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 gringo. And I'd go, una película. That means there's a film. Okay. At a station. It's going to be at the train station. At a ocho. I'm saying there's going to be a film at the train station at 8 o'clock. And they'd start to ask me any other questions. And I'd go, no comprende. And then the other person would start speaking to them. They'd take it and they could interpret and they could speak in that language. Do you know that American language is a very selfish language? We have more adjectives than almost any other language in the world because we've absorbed part of their languages. But so much of it's self-involved. Think about it. It's self-involved. Our interpreter brings it before God so that when it tells you to be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God which patheth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Your interpreter brings the prayer before the throne in the perfect way to bring God the most glory so that you can fulfill your purpose. Even if you pray selfishly, you're praying, you ever... You ever had of a kid come up to you that you don't even know and ask you for something? You're not as likely to give it to them. But sometimes your kid comes up to you, your child comes up to you, and they ask for something, and you know that's the wrong thing for them. But they made the request. And if you're a good parent, a loving person, you're going to give them what they need, not what they want. Aren't you glad that we have an interpreter? Who comes before the throne? Turn to an interpreter, one who explains or expounds, a translator. He brings us the ability to come before God with a heavenly language. First Timothy chapter two. First Timothy chapter 2. Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is telling his preacher boy Timothy this, a pastor of a church, and he says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, even our current president. He's not just the occupant of the White House. He's the President of the United States of America. Do you know that the Bible tells us we get the type of leaders that we deserve? Okay. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. If we tried to live a peaceable life in more godliness and honesty, maybe God would give us a better leader. That's just something to think about. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, 
who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. It is God's will for what? All men. Boy, that blows a hole in Calvinism, doesn't it? For all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one what? Mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a what? A ransom to be testified in due time. A ransom. Kind of harkens back to Isaiah 53 there, doesn't it? He shall see the travail of his soul. Matthew 20, 28 says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe what? On his name. He's a mediator. Jesus is the only one who can truly understand both sides of the issue. Do you know that Job, and when he, when he asked for a daysman, he says, how can I come before him? And there's another place. He's not a man. He doesn't know what it's like. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing new under the sun. This world is not millions and billions of years old. Okay. Do you know that the sinfulness of man is the same sinfulness it's always been? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's always the same. It comes in those different areas, right? Isn't that the same? You have a mediator. Job pled He's talking and he says, I can't come before God. He doesn't know what it's like to be in my shoes. Walk a mile in my moccasins before you condemn me? Well, guess what? For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was what? Tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find what? Grace to help in time of need. He's a mediator and he understands. He can truly understand. And it says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of what? No reputation took upon him the form of a... and made in the likeness of what? Men. Okay, I want you to understand that he knows what it's like to be God. He's the second member of the Godhead. He was there at the creation of the world. And God said, he's the word of God. Let there be light. Okay, so he's the mediator. And I want you to understand a daysman, an interpreter, a mediator, some of these definitions are very close together but there's little nuances you need to understand that come with that to truly mediate an issue you have to know both sides god made sure that the one who goes to mediate my issues before the throne knows what it means to be Holy, completely God, and 
holy, that's W-H-O-L-L-Y, and completely man. Go to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22. By so much was Jesus made a, a what? A surety. That'll be the last one we look at, but that's not the one we're doing now. Made a surety of a better testament that they truly were many, and they were, truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For we have not a high priest who became us, who is holy. See, we, for such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the Son who is consecrated forevermore. He makes intercession for us. He's an intercessor. The word intercessor, one who interposes between parties at variance with a view to reconcile them. He's not only a mediator between the accusations, he's also trying not only to settle the issue, he's trying to reconcile the opposing parties back to one another. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's an intercessor. Isn't that amazing? Do you realize that you have irreconcilable differences with the Holy God without Jesus Christ? You cannot be in His presence. You cannot come before Him. You have no right to accuse Him. But we have an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. And the last one is there in verse 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. A surety. Okay? We have an intercessor, a surety. But I want you to look before we go completely a surety and we talk about it. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans Chapter 8. Didn't put a marker in. I wasn't sure I was going to go here. But I want to. Romans chapter 8. Pastor Kenny said he went way over last week, so if I went over a little bit, you wouldn't get so upset at me. He was just trying to protect me. Okay. Romans chapter 38. Look at verse 31. What shall we say then in these things? If God be for us, who can be what? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. If you're here tonight and you're saved, you are elect in God. Okay? How do you get elected? You get nominated. 
Whosoever will may come. There's your nomination. Okay? Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh what? Intercession for us. Intercession for us. As we said, He is our surety. Our surety. If my salvation was based on my ability to keep it, I'd be burned already. How can I stand for, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't be uh, poof, no eyebrows. It'd be poof, no Bryant. My body'd be gone and my soul would be in torment because that doesn't go poof. The soul of a lost person in hell in a lake of fire is torment, burning, 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 burning for all eternity. The soul of a saved person? That Hebrews chapter 7? By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Surety, a certainty, a security, safety, a foundation of stability, support, evidence, confirmation. He who guarantees proper payment for another. In Proverbs 11, we're told, he who is surety for a stranger shall smart for it. Okay? You, you make a promise to take care of a stranger, you don't know whether they're going to repay it or not. Our Savior is our surety because He ever liveth to make <laughs> he's before the throne and just like they, they didn't understand at the resurrection when he says behold my hands and feet you know what he's pointing to to the suffering that was paid to be my surety see he's our daysman he's our interpreter it's not a case of you just don't understand. Kids today speak a different language than I, than I did when I was a kid. They have the same problems. Their head's full of mush. But they speak different language, different words. I get picked on about emojis now. I get picked on the language of texting because I write letters when I text. I just like writing to someone. And I don't know, you know, like I said, I thought laugh out, you know, that LOL means love you lots or lots of love. And I sent that, and that's not at all what it means. Okay, so I don't know how to, to interpret, but there's no confusion between me and the Father. He's my daysman, he's my interpreter, he's my go-between who understands both sides completely. And he intercedes. He doesn't have to intercede for God with me. You have a Bible. 
that's supposed to tell you what God wants. He has to intercede for me with his Father. He's an intercessor, and he is the guarantee of your salvation. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Good night and God bless.